It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. It's time for the tale of the tape of the 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. And it's going to be a great matchup. And of course, we know that these guys just squared off on Thanksgiving Day. And a lot has changed since then, actually. Uh, When I was going back through it, I wanted to make the new graphics and everything for tale of the tape. And I found that the numbers were a lot different compared to what they were. What a difference a couple weeks makes. Just think, when we were talking 49ers versus Seattle Seahawks, the Seahawks had the ability to catch the 49ers and be able to overtake them in the NFC West. Fast forward a couple of weeks, the 49ers are coming off the biggest victory of the season, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles and being one game out of the number one spot in the NFC. And the Seattle Seahawks are out of the playoffs currently, sitting at 6-6, six and six, in the ninth spot behind the Los Angeles Rams and reeling. What a difference a couple weeks make. You could have been, you know, the number one team in the NFC West. You could have been uh, one of the top four teams in the playoff picture. Now you're sitting there and it's the San Francisco 49ers that have everything to gain as Seattle's back is against the wall. So we're going to go through the numbers in this episode. We're going to see exactly how both of these teams like to win and where the matchups happen, you know, where the 49ers strengths compared to the Seattle weaknesses and where the Seattle strengths are compared to uh, the 49ers weaknesses, just all the numbers, how exactly these teams play and win. The numbers give us a clear idea of how both teams approach the game. And that's exactly what I love to get into with these tale of the tape episodes. I think to just give a little bit of clarity, of course, 49ers versus Seahawks first look video out and available. If you're listening on audio platform, it's available for you as well. This is the tale of the tape about the numbers all throughout the week. We're going to go through key matchups and talk about how pivotal this is for the 49ers to win and keep pace with the Philadelphia Eagles. If they lose to Dallas, you're sitting in the catbird seat. You're sitting there right at the number one seed, but you have to take care of business on your own. You have to make sure you complete the run and beat the rest of the teams that you're going against. It's going to be a tough battle. Even though it's at Levi Stadium, you still have the Seattle Seahawks coming to town and they are a division rival. And anytime you're going against a division rival, things happen. So I think it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a fun game, that's for sure. If you plan on betting on the game, why not use Bet Online? The holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to minute uh, sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is a top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's get into these numbers because the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks, this is normally a battle to see who wins the NFC. I mean, there's been years right where the Rams have come up 
a couple of years where Arizona started out good and then faded away. But these two teams have been a constant, especially over recent memory. And we've seen this come down to the end. 2019, Trey Greenlaw standing over a Seattle Seahawks player at the goal line with the 49ers getting the number one seed in the playoffs because of the big win and clinching the NFC West. 49ers at 9-3, and three, Seattle Seahawks at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, The Seahawks do not want to fall under 500. They don't want to get that seventh loss because on the horizon for them are still some tough games. They have a matchup with the Eagles next week on Monday Night Football. That one flexed to Monday night, first time that's ever been done. So that's going to be a big game. And the Seahawks know a loss to the 49ers and a loss to the Eagles could absolutely destroy any chances of getting into the playoffs. That might be all she wrote. So they're going to be working, doing their best they possibly can to win this game. But the thing is, it's not like this is a trap game because the Niners are motivated as well. They know what it's like to go through a three-game losing streak. They are not about to play that kind of football again. They are going to be very determined. They're going to be set in their mind what they need to do. They're going to go out and try to get this victory because they know they could possibly catch the Eagles, and ultimately that's what they want. It's worth putting through maximum effort, making sure you win all these football games. That way you can sit back at Super Wild Card Weekend and watch as these other teams battle it out. You get to rest, you get to get healthy, and then you sit back and welcome whoever to Levi Stadium. That's what the 49ers want. They want the playoffs to run through Santa Clara, but it starts with wins like this. You have to make sure you beat the Seattle Seahawks in Santa Clara. San Francisco 49ers are averaging 29.3 points per game, and the Seahawks are averaging 22. I want to highlight the 49ers because this has been trending up. So during the first part of the season, the first five games, the 49ers were averaging over 34 points a game. Debo Samuel and Trent Williams both got hurt during the Cleveland Browns game, and that number decreased. They were averaging 17 points a game over a three-game stretch while they were out. Since they've come back, this number is going up every single week because besides the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, the 49ers have scored over 30 points in every single game that Trent Williams and Debo Samuel have been with the other weapons of the 49ers. So this is a 30-point-plus team on offense every single week as long as they're healthy. And that number's trending up. And if my calculations are correct, the 49ers have a really good shot of getting this over 30 as far as average score per game once they come out of this Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, So the Seahawks, they scored 22, solid offense. Uh, That's about midway through the league. Very good. Uh, Just not as good as the 49ers at 29.3. A seven-point difference between the two, a touchdown difference, and that's kind of how things have went along the season for the 49ers as they have just been blowing teams out, point differential through the roof. Uh, They have been making it happen on offense. You look at total yards, 49ers creeping towards that 400. Every episode I talk about this, you want to have a balanced attack, about 250 yards through the air, 150 yards on the ground. That's how you're really potent as an offensive team. That's how you take care of the football. That's how you win time of possession. So you see the 49ers at 391, inching closer and closer to that 400 yards per game. And they're going to get really close, I think, by the end of the season, as long as they keep playing efficient and effective offensive football like they have over the last couple weeks, especially. Feels like they're just starting to hit their stride, which could be scary for the rest of the league. But when you put up 42 points on two of the better defenses in the NFC and two of the better teams with Dallas and with the Seattle Seahawks, I'm sorry, with Dallas and the Philadelphia Eagles, that's impressive. 49ers yet to have a big scoring game against Seattle, even though they did score 31 in their last matchup. You look at the Seahawks, 
325 yards. Most of that comes through the air, which we're going to highlight here in a second. Rush yards, 49ers average 136 yards on the ground. They eclipsed that against a Philadelphia Eagles team last week. That was giving up just 85 yards a game. So 49ers rushing attack has really been doing well. Had a huge game against Seattle two weeks ago on Thanksgiving. Had another monumental performance against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it's just been the run game is back. Aaron Banks is back. Trent Williams is back. Offensive line is healthy. And when that happens and you have edge blockers like uh, George Kittle, like Kyle Juszczyk, they like these guys you can block on the outside, even Jawan Jennings. You can have very effective plays on the edge. That's what the 49ers have been doing. Where the Seahawks have been trending the other direction. They had a more efficient rushing attack when they had Kenneth Walker in the mix. Now, Kenneth Walker has begun running at practice. Uh, they're optimistic that he's going to be able to play in this game. But from the mouth himself, uh, Pete Carroll said they're going to have to try to get him through the week, and we'll see. They don't know anything yet. So, that could be monumental in this game because you have Zach Charbonnet that's a little banged up too. He's dealing with a bruise uh, that it was hindering him enough that he had to leave last week's game against the Dallas Cowboys. So they've had extra time to rest. They played on Thursday night last week. So a mini buy for the Seattle Seahawks should help and increase their chances of getting some of their players back. And they need all hands on deck because the 49ers defense has been playing great. So 93 yards, they need to be more effective on the ground if they're going to be able to beat a team like the 49ers. But you see, 49ers are one of the top teams in the league in running the football. And when they get the run game going, their offense is almost impossible to stop. As far as pass yards, you see it's pretty even. This is where they make their money as far as Seattle Seahawks uh, through the air. They've got weapons, DK Metcalf. They've got Tyler Lockett. They got Jackson Smith and Jigba. They got Noah Fant. You ignore them, they got Jake Bobo. So, they do have some talent on the offensive side of the ball, especially through the air. And they use their running backs pretty effectively as well. If Kenneth Walker is playing, he's a very effective player in the screen game, but also it could be a matchup problem for most linebacker rooms in the NFL. I don't think that's the case with the 49ers. In fact, I think that would be a great matchup of Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner against Kenneth Walker. That would be pretty spectacular. Of course, Walker is dynamic, so he would add a ton to the run a game. And if he's adding a ton to the run game, that means they're going to be more proficient in the play-action pass game as well. So 49ers really stuff Zach Charbonnet, DJ uh, Dallas, and the rest of that Seattle Seahawks run run game in the uh, two weeks ago in that matchup on Thanksgiving. So uh, the, the 49ers do a lot in the air. You've seen the Brock Purdy have a lot of success, and we've seen their numbers consistently go up as they've been uh, throwing the ball a little bit more downfield. Right now, defenses are having to cover San Francisco 49ers offense, every blade of grass. Because the 49ers have horizontal offense, screen touchdown to Debo Samuel for a touchdown, reverse uh, to Debo Samuel for a touchdown, outside zones to Christian McCaffrey, out uh, out patterns to deep, uh, to Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings. But they also go over the middle. They go short, they go deep. As a defense, what do you take away? Become real difficult for these teams because of Brock Purdy's ability to get the ball down the field and how good he is outside the numbers and in the hash marks. They're just having to cover every single blade of grass, and that's why they're putting so much pressure on these opposing teams where Seattle, they want to get a vertical passing game going. Last uh, time they played the 49ers, the Niners went with Charvarius Ward running with DK Metcalf. They did take some shots down the field, 
But Charverius Ward was able to thwart those with good coverage and being on top of it. It never really got to test Ambry Thomas. He always had guys locked up. And when it came to the slot corner spot, Yomar Lenore did give up an out and up to Jackson Smith and Jigba on an absolutely spectacular one-handed catch. But other than that, they didn't really have a lot of big plays down the field. In fact, the play to Njigba was the biggest play of the game at 34 yards. So limited explosives with Seattle is always a key. Their passing attack is the way they normally go about getting it done. Even though knowing Pete Carroll and watching him coach throughout the years, Pete Carroll would rather that the uh, teams win through running the football. Because if you run the football, you use the time of possession. If you use the time of possession, that's when you can be extremely effective and uh, play good defense. And he's a defensive coach at, at, at heart. So that's exactly what he wants to do. So let's take a look at the quarterback competition. Here you go. The comparison, Brock Purdy versus Geno Smith. Uh, Geno, of course, last year won comeback player of the year. And he's definitely been up and down. Last week, he had a pretty good game against the Dallas Cowboys. But Brock Purdy leads the way with a 70.2 completion percentage. The fact that he's over 70% is just dynamic. Uh, Geno Smith is at 64.4. And where Brock Purdy's average has stayed the same, Geno Smith has taken a dip uh, over the last couple of weeks. So teams have definitely been playing sticky coverage and forcing Geno Smith to make some errant passes. As far as yards, you see Brock Purdy's at 31.85. A pretty good number there. He's, he's trending towards 4,000 yards on the season. What a spectacular year that would be for Brock Purdy. Geno Smith just behind him at 29-18, so he's nearing 3,000 yards on track for another solid season for Geno. Touchdowns, Brock Purdy 23-15, to so he's plus eight uh, in that category. And with all the weapons Seattle has, you would think Geno Smith would have more touchdowns, uh, but that's why their offense hasn't scored as many points. Geno hasn't been able to get into, into the end zone. Uh, six interceptions for Brock and nine for Geno Smith. The crazy thing is, Brock is almost 4-1 to one now, touchdown-to-interception ratio. Uh, they say a good quarterback in the NFL is 2-1, to one, but he's almost 4-1. to one. He's one touchdown away from that. He did have an interception the last time he played the Seattle Seahawks. No, he wanted that one back. Right near his goal line, he throws the ball behind Christian McCaffrey. It's picked by Jordan Brooks. Uh, that was really unfortunate, but Brock has done a very good job of taking care of the football, including no turnovers against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so almost 4-1, to one, though. Just spectacular. Just spectacular for Brock Purdy. Uh, as far as sacks go, uh, Brock Purdy's been sacked 23 times. He was sacked twice last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. And Geno Smith has been sacked 27 times. So uh, you would think Geno Smith is usually considered the more mobile of the two quarterbacks, yet he's taking four more sacks. So Fournier's offensive line does a pretty good job, but also uh, – Brock Purdy does a good job of getting out of harm's way when he needs to and making plays. And quarterback rating, Brock Purdy, 116.1. That's number one in the NFL. Brock Purdy's just having a very efficient and effective season, and his numbers just continue to be more and more impressive every single week. Last week, over 300 yards throwing against Philadelphia, four touchdowns, no turnovers, just on point. And for Geno Smith, 89.1, like I said, decent year. He's having a solid season, uh, but definitely nothing dynamic for Geno Smith as far as compared to what Brock Purdy's doing. That's why you got Brock Purdy as one of the top names as potentially making it um, as the MVP compared to Geno Smith, who's really not thought of in that category anymore.
If you if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the channel. I'd really appreciate that. Share the video. Uh, if you do subscribe to the channel, number one, I appreciate it so much. Uh, click that notification bell so you get notified anytime a video comes out or I go live. That would be big. Uh, plus, if you're listening on audio platform, four yards cut back on believe. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. Um, you are definitely valued, and I appreciate it so much. Available on all audio platforms. You guys are truly the best. But let's go to third down conversion rate. And this is one that's always a key for me. The 49ers, I've said before, if you want to be considered an elite offense in this league, you want to get close to 50% on third down. The 49ers were at 72% against the Philadelphia Eagles. Phenomenal. And they're at 46.9 on the season. They have jumped over 2% because of that performance against Philadelphia. Trending towards 50% on third down. If you're close to 50%, that means, number one, you're staying on schedule on first and second down, and you have third and shorts that you can convert on. But the 49ers are doing it at such a high level. I'm so impressed. And so I think that this is just trending in the right direction for the 49ers and need to keep this up. But where was the dip in third down effectiveness without Trent, without Debo? Because you can run behind Trent, and you have the threat of Debo. Those are the big plays the 49ers needed the big players, and you see that number going up. You look over at Seattle, and that's part of the reason they don't score as many points. That's why they don't win the time of possession in the games that they play all the time. 34.5% is not a great number. Uh, that's the 49ers, if they can hold them to that number of conversion, their, their average, what they get per, per game, the 49ers are going to have a really good chance to win. And Seattle wasn't very good on third down against the 49ers in their week uh, Thanksgiving matchup. So it's just something that the 49ers are really good at, and Seattle right now offensively has struggled. And a lot of that's got to be due to the lack of effectiveness of the run game. Now, as far as third down conversion percentage allowed, 49ers percentage has went up. The last week it was at 39.8%. Uh, now it's at 41.2%. The Philadelphia Eagles did have some success on third down. Sometimes numbers are skewed a little bit by late, uh, you know, late in the game situations and things like that. But Warriors want to get this down to close to 35. That's where they want to be. Because if you have it down to close to 35%, that's elite caliber defense, especially on third down. So Warriors need to make sure they continue to play better on third down, get off the field. And that's when you have tremendous success. You look over at Seattle. When the 49ers played Seattle a couple weeks ago, they were the worst defense on third down of any team in the league. Now they're the second worst. The only one worse than them, the Arizona Cardinals. 45.2% is really bad. And, um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are, are one of those teams as well that are really bad on third down. And the 49ers, you saw how effective, 72%. The 49ers can come even where, anywhere close to that. Uh, they're going to have a lot of success against the Seattle Seahawks as far as stopping them and getting off the field on third down. Points allowed per game. San Francisco 49ers allow 15.8. That is second best in the league. The Baltimore Ravens at 15.6 overtook the 49ers. But the 49ers just got done playing the Philadelphia freaking Eagles, who normally averaged 28.2 and held them to 19. Uh, so their number went up 0.3, and that's exactly the difference between you know them being number one and them being number two. Not really worried about it. 49ers are the, the number one defense in the NFL. I think they're proving it week in and week out. When you look at the Seattle Seahawks, they give up 24.2 points a game. The 49ers average 29. It shows that the odds of the 49ers scoring, you know, at close to 30 points is very high in this matchup. 
49ers would have to get in their own way to not be able to score points. Seattle's defense, Clint Hurt, defensive coordinator, definitely haven't been as effective as they thought they were going to be. They traded for Leonard Williams. They brought in Bobby Wagner during the offseason. They thought that was really going to slow down opposing teams' run games and their effectiveness, and it's been a mixed bag. So uh, 49ers doing a really good job. And last time they played Seattle, they held them under their scoring average, so 13 points for Seattle last time. 49ers scored 31. Uh, you can see the trends that it makes a lot of sense. Of course, defensive yards per game, the 49ers are giving up under 300 yards per game. That's very good. Last year, they gave up 302 yards per game, so better numbers right now uh, through these uh, first um, 12 games. So they're doing a very good job. And you look over at Seattle, over 350 yards. Uh, they're definitely not one of the best defenses as far as slowing teams down. And whenever you're able to uh, convert on third downs, you get more yardage. You can see Seattle, one of the uh, worst on third down. So longer drives means you give up more yards, you give up time of possession, and those are never good situations. Look at pass yards allowed per game. The 40 yards allowed 219 uh, yards per game. That number had been trending down last week. Philadelphia Eagles got off for 314 yards. A lot of that was in garbage time. Uh, so this number increased. So that number skewed a little bit compared to what it normally was. The Niners, since inserting Ambry Thomas, had been playing much better as far as pass defense, and that number was coming way down. Uh, and so I, I expect it to continue to drop unless the 49ers get up big and maybe there's going to be garbage yards. And really, you don't care about that. You want to, you, The yardage thing is not as important as scoring defense. 49ers number two in scoring defense at 15.8. That's important. Seahawks give up 234, so you see... Uh, some equivalents there. Both secondaries are decent. Uh, Four-year secondary is playing at a way higher level right now than the Seahawks. But the Seahawks have talent. They have the ability. Young players that can step up. But the 49ers should have some ability to throw the football against the Seattle Seahawks. They did last time they played. Rush yards allowed per game. 49ers at 79. And they're just playing better and better and better. Uh, last week, they went against one of the top Offenses running the football in the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia was averaging 133 yards a game on the ground. The 49ers held them under 50. Uh, it, it's crazy, right? I mean, the leading rusher in the game was Jalen Hurts. He had 20 yards. They just absolutely handled the Philadelphia Eagles run game. And so you see that that's exactly what the 49ers defense is about. And you're going against the Seattle Seahawks running game that hasn't really been effective this year. 93 yards average per season against the 49ers. They had 88 yards on Thanksgiving Day. So they actually had some success on the ground. Most of that was Geno Smith scrambling, uh, but they did have a little bit of success. But if the 49ers hold them anywhere close uh, to 79 yards or under, they're going to win this football game. The Seattle Seahawks have to establish a run game to be effective against this 49ers defense. And then you see the Seahawks giving up 119. That's a problem. They give up 119. The four yards average 136. Odds are the four yards are going to have a lot of uh, plays on the ground that are going to be big. And McCaffrey started ripping some big runs against the Seattle Seahawks on Thanksgiving. Uh, he was definitely uh, getting up in there, exploding through the holes and making some big plays. So finding creases and, and places able to run have been a little bit easier for McCaffrey recently with Trent Williams and Aaron Banks back. And I don't see that changing a whole lot, especially because we don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Brooks. I mean, right now, uh, what Pete Carroll said in his presser today was that Jordan Brooks is dealing with an MCL issue. They did not really go deep into it, so we don't know if he's going to be available. I'm starting to feel like he's not going to be available for this game, 
And if that is the case, then they've got Bobby Wagner, and they're going to have to go with one of their backup linebackers, which could be a real problem for them. They did bring in Devin Bush, so we could see Devin Bush, and he's got some ability. Um, but you never want to go away from Jordan Brooks because now Devin Bush would have to be in coverage or Bobby Wagner, and we know those are problems. So we'll see that Jordan Brooks' injury could end up being significant for the Seattle Seahawks. So let's talk turnovers. The 49ers have 10 giveaways, uh, no, none against Philadelphia. They did have one against the Seattle Seahawks. That took the 49ers to double-digit turnovers on the year. Brock Purdy accounts for eight of these turnovers and Christian McCaffrey for two. For everybody else is taking care of the football. Brock has six interceptions and two fumbles from strip sacks that he accounts for eight. Christian McCaffrey with two red zone uh, turnovers, and they were big ones. They were in games of the 49ers. You know, the the what the one of them they lost, the other one they were able to get it back against Dallas, and it was ended up being no big deal. But uh Ted just 10 turnovers did a pretty good job. Now you look over at Seattle, only 14 turnovers. They're doing a good job taking care of the football as well. And so anytime you see those numbers, you're like, okay, they do a good job of protecting the football means you don't have as many opportunities. However, the 49ers did get two turnovers against Seattle the last time they played them. Geno Smith threw an interception to Ambry Thomas, and DJ Dallas dropped a punt that the 49ers were able to get on in punt uh, coverage. So there are turnovers to be had against Seattle, but they are definitely a lot better than some of the teams the 49ers have played as far as taking care of the football. As far as takeaways, the 49ers have 21. They lead the NFL with 15 interceptions. So Seattle has 15 total turnovers on the year, six less than the 49ers. The 49ers have 15 interceptions, number one. Ball-hawking defense, uh, and pretty much everyone gets involved. They've all had interceptions. Everyone you see out on that field has caused a turnover Minus Dre Greenlaw. Where are you at, Dre? Uh, busy dealing with Dom on the sidelines, not getting that interception I wanted you to get last week. But this 49ers team has been opportunistic, and they've pay- played very sound football. It's good to see that even when they don't get turnovers, they can win football games. Uh, so turnovers are great. They definitely influence outcomes of games, but it's nice to see 49ers are keyed into their assignment and where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do, and they don't have to have turnovers to win football games. When they do, you're going to absolutely get blown out. So 49ers taking the ball away could be key in this game against Seattle. And then here's your turnover differential. Plus 11 for the 49ers. So the 49ers are plus 10 against Seattle. Last week, they went against the Eagles. The Eagles were minus 2 in turnover differential. Uh, Neither team turned over the football, so it didn't really play a part. But normally... This is a huge determining factor in how teams win. And the 49ers are very effective as far as taking care of the ball and then causing turnovers. And when you do that, you're a winning football team. 49ers are number one in the league in turnover differential. Uh, So opportunistic on defense, take care of the football on offense. You're a really good football team. So I think you could see by the numbers that the 49ers have advantages in several categories. Number one, 49ers rushing attack against Seattle's lackluster defensive attack. And that number is going up, right? They're giving up more yards on the ground than they were before they traded for Leonard Williams. That's not a good sign. Uh, So some things definitely need to change there. You see the trend of Seattle. Their running attack is getting worse, while the 49ers rush defense is getting better. That's not a good trend for them as well. 49ers secondary playing well. So that's going to be a matchup. Seattle's wide receivers versus the 49ers secondary. That's probably an area that's pretty equivalent, pretty even. So whoever wins that will give their team an advantage. 
but I think there's just huge advantages for the 49ers in the run game, and that could spark the passing game, which has been absolutely on fire recently. Uh, 49ers definitely have some advantages in the turnover category. They have advantages on third downs. Uh, it's starting to look like the 49ers are for sure the better football team. We all think it is, uh, but you got to go out there and prove it, of course. But definitely have proven so far they are a better football team than the Seattle Seahawks. But that's why you play the game, right? Another thing to note, the 49ers, when they played Geno Smith and Seattle Seahawks on Thanksgiving, 49ers had six sacks. Uh, if Geno Smith gets pressured and, and pestered like that, he's not only going to get sacked a lot, but he's also going to turn over the football because when he starts getting pressure, he does get happy feet. So uh, that's something the Foyers are going to look to do. Now, we got to give Seattle credit for the fact that they're going to have a longer period to prepare. Last time, both 49ers and Hawks had uh, a little bit of time, a short period of time because of Thanksgiving. It was a quick turnaround for a Thursday night game. This time, Seattle had three extra days to prepare. That could play huge dividends and play into the effect of this game. We'll find out. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. 49ers versus Seattle Seahawks is always a big-time matchup. It's one of the ones that any 49er fan, a Seahawks fan, can get up for because you just know big things are going to happen. And the 49ers could absolutely end uh, any chances of anyone catching them in the NFC West. Plus, winning this, it goes towards a tiebreaker with the Detroit Lions. So you want to make sure you continue to win your division game. So, uh, thanks everyone for joining me for the episode. Like always, like and subscribe. Uh, you know, listen to audio, audio platform, 40 Yards Cutback on Believe. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. This episode of 40 Yards Cutback was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Of course, lots of content coming out this week. We're going to get into the key matchups for this game. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about Charvarius Ward and DK Metcalf because that was a big time matchup last time. And also, we got some matchups along the defensive line and offensive line for both teams because we've got a returning Seattle Seahawks offensive tackle with Abe Lucas. Does that make a huge difference for Seattle? We're going to get into that this week as well. I appreciate you all coming through. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.